This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. I am alive and well. Sorry. I am here. Okay. Okay. You're back. Hello. I am alive. Okay. Hello. Um, <laughs> so I, I'm so sorry. You started cutting <laughs> off there at the end. That's so good. I got really, really in depth. Like I was talking about, you know, how to win 40k every single time. Like I missed it all. There was. I know you missed that. Welcome to Chapter Tactics, your 40k podcast which focuses on playing warmer 40k competitively at all levels of the game. I'm your host Pablo, PD Pob, and with me I have Scarry from Scardcast. Scarry, say hi to everyone. Hello, internets, and everybody at home listening to your favorite tactical podcast. Second favorite. I <laughs> I'm sure everyone likes signals more. Yeah, <laughs> I said tactical podcast. You know, you talk about tactics competitively at all levels of the game. <laughs> I was, I was, that was actually a joke because Reese listens to like the first couple minutes of my podcast and then stops. Um, <laughs> so, so it was a knock on, knock on Reese. Anyways, that's besides the point. Hello, guys. Welcome. We are going to be talking about target priority today. Uh, target mm-hmm. priority is one of the most important aspects of playing the game of Warhammer 40k and kind of gaming in general. Um, I was once told by a really, really good player that if you are good in the movement phase and you are good at target priority, you will win every game, hands down, or you have the chance to win every game. I think he said, I think he said something like, like bar, bar someone kicking you in the balls and rolling quadruple sixes. <laughs> I like I think you I think I think that was a personal an- analogy on his part. Um but you you should win every game. Uh and that's actually 100% true. And Scarry and I are going to be talking about target priority and kind of the basics of target priority and uh you know what you'd expect, what exactly units you should be targeting, different kinds of units and kind of a, a basic rundown of target priority. 100%, and uh, it's definitely something that will increase uh, your level of tactical gameplay and and make you look at the game on a broader spectrum, you know, um, and, and, tactical, and target priority is one of the few things in this game that you can control, which is yeah. super important when it comes to a game that is mostly decided by little six-sided dice, except for, you know, target priority is one of those things that you you have a chance to have an impact on that's absolutely true and it's it's those little things that you can control that set 
good players apart from the best players. Uh, a lot of players, you know, they like to say like, oh, 40K is just a game. It's random. It's not meant to be competitive in any way or to prove one person's better over the other. That's actually, I, f I feel like those sentiments are false um, because of things like movement and knowing your opponent's army and just knowing general target priority. I, I think you don't have to know every single unit in the game. It does help or every single formation and special role in the game um, to be really good at target priority because target priority is more of a basic instinct and it's it's kind of something that you use strategically and tactically. 100%. You know, we're going to break that down. We're going to talk about um, target priority as a strategic element. Target priority is a tactical element in your games as well as, you know, just kind of some tips, tricks, and um, things that you should think about when focusing on dismantling the opponent's army one piece at a time. Before we get into it, though, I'm going to be... Actually, we're recording this a week before this comes out, so we're recording this on Sunday. Uh, right now, if you're listening to this, I am most likely pulling my hair out, trying to figure out a game of Age of Sigmar with my new Dark Elves army at the Broadside Bash. However... If you're curious about the Broadside Bash, I know we're going to be doing a couple articles on the Broadside Bash. Uh, I I um, got a lot of teammates from Relentless D who are going to be playing the 40k side of it, and they're going to be talking about their games. So look forward to some Broadside Bash coverage for next week. Should be a lot of fun. The Broadside Bash is one of the large. It's the largest event currently right now in San Diego for 40k. I think they're they're somewhere around 80 players right now, which is pretty big for them. Uh, so. It's it's the ne next big 40k event other than Adepticon that I I pers or I guess other oh, Adepticon I guess I didn't cover Adepticon but it's another big 40k event that I want to cover and I plan on covering uh, so yeah look forward to that yeah it's definitely bound to be a great time and I'm looking forward to seeing what kind of things uh, pop out of of such a big uh, high profile event like that all right moving on target priority target priority by definition, uh, the way as I define it, is essentially looking at your opponent's units and models and basi uh, basically your opponent's tools and prioritizing them from most important down to least important. Now, and this is something you do at the beginning of every turn. It's not something you do before list building or during list building or before the first turn. It's every single turn you break down your opponent's units and you give them a priority. A hundred percent. You know, uh, you know, as soon as you're you're going even without even visually looking at an army list, you know, when you're reading your opponent's army list at the beginning of the game, you know, you should you should have little red flags popping up um, with specific unit combinations, pieces of war gear that you see in your opponent's army um, and, and then correlate this with the mission that you're about to play at hand in order to give you the best idea of what units are going to be the most uh, important to destroy, the ones that you have to look out for, or the ones that you can uh, ignore and, uh, and, and not really have to worry about too much. And, and those are the different elements that we'll touch in more depth as the podcast continues. Yes. So going down into uh, the strategic side. So Scary, I'm going to let Scary explain this because um, he explained it a lot better than I could. The, there's <laughs> two things that between strategy and tactics that people always confuse. Uh, I, I focus on tactics. Uh, my show is chapter tactics, but I also focus on strategy. And I've been asked to differentiate 
strategy and tactics. And I've been told that sometimes my podcast focus on, focuses too much on strategy and not enough on tactics and vice versa. So Skari very, very pleasantly enlightened me on the difference between them. And I think it's actually very important because when you start to mix the two, you, you know, you start to get a little frustrated because you expect certain things. If someone tells you this is a strategy um, and you really kind of use it as a tactics and you kind of don't look at it at the broader sense, it can be a little frustrating sometimes. Uh, so, Skari, what is the difference between strategy and tactics? Okay, so um, strategy and tactics are, are usually two different words that are, uh, that are confused for the same thing. And strategy is an overarching um, overall like strategy. So um, when you're looking at the 40K, if you're looking at strategy, you're building your list, for example, with a specific strategy in mind. So Death Star is a keyword for a list building strategy or multiple small units is a keyword for a list building strategy. And this is an overarching concept that you want like the feel for your army to be. You know, in, in common military tactics, you know, things like a scorched earth strategy means something different than a, you know, um, meat grinder strategy. And this can be, can be put into practice when it comes to the game as well. As for tactics, tactics are like the localized execution of um, getting an objective or target priority that, that you use your strategy towards. So for example, building a list with an MSU strategy means that tactically you will have more units to bait enemies into charging them or blocking movement or taking multiple objectives. It means that you'll be better tactically at certain things in game than um, like a, 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 another strategy of say um, Death Star would. Yes. And applying that to target priority, there's such a thing as strategical target priority and tactical target priority. And the difference between them is strategic target priority is knowing what uh, what units your tr your army has trouble dealing with. Uh, for example, if you have a, a weakness to Riptides and Reaver jet bikes and Mandrakes, hypothetically, we're just, we're just <laughs> some units. Mandrakes. <laughs> um, you know, you want to you want to think about those units when you're building your list or when you're adding those key 100 or 200 point models. Uh, your tech, quote unquote, and what tech is is it's a little little oomph to your list, a little tiny technical thing that, that normally wouldn't run. Sean Naden does this all the time. He runs little tiny tech things like uh, Shining Spears, which are not used very often. Um, you know, this Lictor Shameless, he'd run Molochs. Uh, tech is just something, a tool that you put in your list to do something that your list would unexpectedly not be able to do. It's, it's kind of where players kind of throw in their own little spin into their list and make it more personal a hundred percent and and you know at a at a strategic level this is very important because you know we'll get to like list building and target priority within list building um you know as at, throughout the podcast but um you know when you're looking at someone's list and you're you're looking at the mission that you have to play and the units they have in their army 
strategically, you should know right off the bat, like which units in the enemy army are going to be the most trouble for you. And you can start planning before a model has even been deployed. You know, you can already start planning what that target priority is or, or what you're going to be doing to mitigate um, that potential threat. Yeah, and it doesn't have to apply to just specific units. I, I mentioned Riptides, uh, Jack and Mandrakes is a little bit of a joke, um, just because Riptides are commonly known as a big unit threat unit, um, but it's also generalized units as well. Uh, jumping to Age of Sigmar real quick, even though you don't play it, I think this is something you can take away from. A lot of people like to use big, scary models, big, scary, high point models, and they throw them at you, and you can't do anything about that if you strategically plan your list towards more of like a like a hard-hitting in-your-face list. If you can't deal with like an Archeon or uh, a Nagash, kind of like basically an Age of Sigmar Death Star version, uh, version of a Death Star. Uh, strategically, you want to think about units that, that are big, that get in your face and kill a lot of things, kind of like a Death Star. So just in a broader general sense, a strategic target priority might be I the bulk of my list is worried about those specific big units, those Death Star style units, or just even Space Marine, de like just big Death Stars in general in 40k. Uh, and so I have to either plan o around it in that I, I have to prioritize where my opponent puts that Death Star on the board and where I think he's going to put it on the board. And this could go into picking sides. Uh, maybe you want to give him a side where there's not a lot of terrain. Maybe it's something like a Wolf Star that kind of relies on some cover saves. So maybe you want to pick a side that will give him less cover. Uh, or if they're a big, a big unit like an Imperial Knight that you're really worried about, uh, maybe you want to take a side where there's a lot of line of sight blocking terrain near the middle of the board so you can uh, kind of hide around it. Because Imperial Knights, uh, especially if you use the ITC FAQ, they can't really see a lot from their head. Right? They're tall, they're, they're kind of bulky, so you can kind of plan around it by using the terrain to your advantage, uh, using your movement, or using the units you pick, their ranges, uh, and then another thing is maybe long-range units or long-range shooting. That might be something you're worried about. Uh, close combat, you want to look at, you would think about what units do the most damage in close combat to your army, etc., etc., Exactly. And that will translate into, you know, the target priority you have in game at a tactical level to make sure that you're tackling the right targets at the right time in the game. So, you know, and that and that and and, and that translates into a being patient and, and knowing kind of like uh, kind of have an idea of what you want to achieve and be um, having the tools, the right tools for the job at hand. Yeah. Good. Yeah, no, that that's that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. And another thing about strategic target priority is sometimes you sometimes you might have a high value target that you're worried about. Um, let's say like a death star, right? And there's nothing your army can do about it. That you can always just make it that make that unit high target pri high priority, but you can ignore it. And you can think about okay well i can't do anything about death stars i can't do a single thing i don't want to take things to deal with i don't want to take sisters of silence to deal with a psychic death star i want to run the list my way that's okay uh but you need to have a game plan whenever you you need to have a game plan whenever you see a list like that that has that high priority so you don't you could do nothing at all about it um, but tactically and uh, through tactic priority tactical priority 
when the game goes down and you have that high priority target that you have to worry about, you basically you can put it all the way at the bottom and lower its priority. Basically, what I'm talking about is I'm talking about priority values and ranking units from from best or from most threatening to least threatening, and you can move uh, that Death Star down to the very bottom. A lot of the times, I will flat out ignore a unit like uh, for my battle company and 30 warp spiders. I ignore Imperial Knights. I, I can't like I can't hurt them. I don't even try. I if I drop like 20 warp spiders around knights and shoot them all into one night, maybe I'll glance it to death. Maybe. Yeah. But 90% of the time, uh, Imperial Knight is something I'm always looking for when I'm playing my my opponent's list. Like it's one of the highest priority units in the game for me to deal with. That I have to worry about. But when it comes to the actual game, I always ignore it. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 that's and that's the key, you know, and. and when you're looking at target priority, you have to think of the different types of units that you're going to be in, uh, encountering. Yes, absolutely. Uh, before we get into that, let's talk a little bit about tactical target priority, um, okay. which I think they kind of go hand in hand. Uh, but basically, tactical target priority, you you want to... that That's the ordering the units from... I, I like to do, I, I don't know about you, Scary, but I like to sit down and after my movement phase, go over target priority. I know that's a little weird, um, but I, I, I like to, I'm more movement oriented with the way I play. I, I prefer to play my own game and move models around and take objectives that I need to and position and zone and then focus on the things I need to shoot afterwards. Um, okay. Just because I, I've lost so many times by like being 13 inches away from Lion Breaker or or, you know, four inches away from an objective, just because I don't, I, I just, for some reason, like, I'm just more focused on movement, less, less focused on shooting my opponent's models off the board. Um, yeah. But you should pick up a, a point in your game to tactically target prioritize units. Exactly. And, and you know, that's the key, is a lot of the times, yes, you, you will use that, ta that tactical target priority to, like, influence certain movement, you know, you always have to have the key here is a always have the mission that you want to win at hand first, regardless of what your target priority is like your mission should be at the forefront. Like that's how you win the game. Absolutely. So always have the mission in mind before you do anything. But and, you know, this this comes hand in hand with list building. You know, a lot of the times uh, with a lot of net lists, um, you know, it, tactical target priority doesn't really become that hard because you'll have many, many of the same style of unit or one big nasty killer unit, you know, in the sense of you'll, either ha you'll have a Death Star with, that's all buffed up and, and that will kill anything it really touches or, or will soak up all your firepower, or you have a battle company that has, you know, 50 million rhinos. <laughs> and, and at a tactical target priority level, you know, one rhino is pretty much the exact same as another rhino. So tactically, usually lists that are net lists will, will, will allow you to have a much easier go of tactical target priority as it becomes a lot less of what different targets should I engage and more a, uh, a question of which target that, that's exactly the same as all the other targets will be more beneficial for me to destroy um, due to the mission parameters. Yes. I think I think that leads into different types of units. A hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, so, there. When you're looking at prioritizing units, uh, 
there's obviously there's as Reese always likes to say there are two real th truths, two real th ways to play 40k, and that's uh, move units here, move move units, and then units kill each other. Actually, I think Reese's. I think I completely butchered it. Actually, um, uh, with objectives, it's either kill unit, kill X unit, kill this unit, or be here at this time. Move here, be here. Yeah. And that's it. That's that's the game in a nutshell. It's it's move here or position here, kill unit. That's that's all you can do. That's that's vanilla 40k. That's a vanilla chess. Yeah. It's everything. Yeah. Uh, so if you're bringing that down to uh, target priority level. Uh, you have to stop or you have to recognize your opponent's ability to do exactly those things. Right. Uh, so there yeah. are... Go ahead. Yeah, so exactly what you were saying. So you've got either your opponent is going to be killing you or moving. Yeah. And so when you're target prioritizing, you there are units that are lethal and killy and will, that will stop you from doing the things you need to do by killing your units or or hurting your units enough to lower their effectiveness. Uh, and then there are units that, like uh, Wolf Stars, or um, I guess, actually, I think I, Fearless IG Blobs, I think, are the best example. Uh, they're units that will flat out stop you from, from going somewhere. And, and yeah, target you or board control. You. Yes. So when you're target prioritizing, you have to look at, well, okay, what's, what's the most important right now? Do I want to save models? Do I want to keep models alive? Or do I want to go somewhere? And then there's a third unit, the the distraction unit, the um, I, I, Scarry, what, what did you the call it? The distraction carnifex. The distraction carnifex. Um, Big uh, screamy carnifex <laughs> with no guns. It just runs at you and, and hopes to soak up bullets. Right. And th those units are important because, as Scarry said, they like to soak up bullets. Um, I, my teammate Michael Snyder, lo I love it when he talks about this, but he, has, he actually loves running distraction carnifex style units in his list things like Kalexis assassins um with very very specialized utility um but they're they're kind of cool he's got a he's got a Kalexis assassin that's like really really well painted and really lethal looking it's like a necron inquisitor looking dude looks really cool um and this is back when come the apoc allies were allowed so he's just had it forever um but it, it's such a, a unique cool looking model that he likes to put it in the opponent's backfield and have it go like ooga booga booga he says that. I yep. swear. <laughs> um, <laughs> ooga booga booga. And then the opponent wastes shots into the assassin. And that lowers your opponent's uh, ability to target prioritize and yep. their effectiveness. 100%. And, you know, and, and, it, and every single race or every single army has some sort of unit that is designed to be that distraction carnifex. So, Sorry. for example, I love... You know, I, I, I play Dark Eldar, but, um, you know, uh, I love using grotesques as distraction carnifexes because they do damage if they get to you, but they're not really going to win me the game. They just go up and beat stuff up in combat, so it forces people to shoot at them. Um, you know, when you're playing something like um, uh, Orcs, you know, having like a... Even, even if you're just playing Imperials, like having some sort of like a single knight or a wraith knight or something that's going to force the opponent to, to shoot at it, to do something, um, you know, it's not really going to affect the game, but it, like it's going to come and bite you if you don't. Yes. And uh, I'm glad you mentioned the wraith knight uh, because the, 
there are certain units that will always have to take target priority, higher target priority than other units, and that's simply because they fulfill multiple roles. Um, so if you take like a Wraith Knight or an Orc Stompa, for example, that both of them, they're, they're distraction card effects. I've, I've wasted way too many shots at Wraith Knights before just to be disappointed by a couple feel no pain, lucky feel no pain saves, and I, I've lost. Like single-handedly, yeah. uh, same yeah. thing on Stompas. I've seen a lot of Stompas get brought down to one hole point, only to be repaired all the way back up to full. When that shooting could have been pointed at something else like the Warlord or Obsec units, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. That would have, that would have actually died. Yeah. Right. And the beautiful thing about those Wraith Knights and those Stompas is they're also lethal. So they will they will kill units and they will lower your army's effectiveness. Their distraction card effects is, and they're mobile and have large bases, so they can do a really good job of zoning you. So units like that are kind of like triple threats in the target priority world. Exactly. You know, and and needless to say, they are a little bit rock paper scissors as well. Because if you can deal with one effectively, they're usually dealt with quite effectively. Yeah. Yeah, a grav will kill a Wraith Knight dead, and yeah. you can deal with it. And it, you know, melt guns and stompas. Uh, but but you're right. Um, so when you're building your list, uh, you want to keep in mind of both your unit's effectiveness in target priority. You know, do you have do you have a lot of shooting in your army? Is is your army going to be uh, mostly shooting focused? And will that make your opponent a lot easier to target prioritize? Like if you have one unit of broadsides. Right, one large unit of broadsides. They they will shoot anything dead. Um, but the rest of your your army is designed for shooting. But it's a lot lighter. Um, you know, let's say you have like a couple smaller units of broadsides, but they're not armed as well. Um, obviously, your opponent's going to think, well, that large unit of broadsides, that's that's the highest priority target. Uh, so when you're designing your list and you're looking at different units and their priority roles, you kind of want to spread the love, or you kind of want to have a mix. I, I personally, I've always believed that balanced lists that can handle every bit of threat, I personally believe that those are the best lists. Um, so you kind of want to look, you, do you have a good distraction card effects? Uh, do you have good shooting spread across multiple units? Uh, do you have a unit that can force your opponent to stay away from a specific part of the board? Um, when you're picking units like that, uh, units that zone out and you know, move block your opponent, Usually you just want to take over one or two parts of the board. Uh, you want to take your home objective, wherever that is, with whatever mission that is, and the middle of the board. If you can take and hold both of those zones, quote-unquote, you should be able to win like 70% of the time. Pretty consistent. Yeah, 100%. And, and, and not only zoning, but target priority isn't just about shooting. Target priority is about being able to identify, but also getting into a position where you you can use the units that you that you have at your disposal for their intended role in game, but at the same time, if needed, switching their battlefield role to something that you need as like a quick decision. To change, like to change your own target priority. Okay, so give me you an know, example. <laughs> so, for example, you know, um, uh, I'm I love I play Dark Eldar, so I've got lots of Venom Cabalite Warrior units, 
and they're all obsec, right? So uh, it, the strategy of the army, multiple small units. Tactically, you just focus fire of lots and lots of poison shots on, a, on an enemy unit until it's essentially destroyed. But a lot of the times, you know, a, a venom full of Cabalite warriors can become a distraction by boosting it into the enemy deployment zone to force the enemy to deal with it and, and create like a tactical conundrum on them. So it's kind of like going outside of their like main intended role, which is to shoot, to use it more to move or to bait a unit into charging them or using the Cabalite Warriors as a screen to prevent a, um, a big nasty Death Star from moving 12 inches like a move block, for example. So um, we got DQ'd there. But as, um, as, a, as I was saying, tactically, uh, a role for unit can switch. So essentially having multiple Cabalite warrior units in Venoms, their main objective in game is to shoot things to death and then move to take objectives and win the game. But um, they can be switched in battlefield role to force your opponent to change their target priority. So essentially, you can use uh, a fast-moving unit to go up a flank or to sacrifice it up near an enemy unit to move block to then create a, a situation where the enemy has to alter their own target priority in order to get the results they want out of their game. And hopefully you do that enough times to throw their strategy off completely and have them play your game rather than you play their game. Yeah, and... Uh, another an army that's really good at this. And first off, guys, I'm sorry for the DC. Uh, there's a huge warp storm going on. It seems like every time I try to communicate with someone from Canada, there's there's always something going on. It's almost like Zinch just doesn't want me to talk to the Canadians, um, which is understandable. They're Canadians. Can I say? Yeah, you know what? I, a, I can't I can't say enough about the maple syrup and stuff up here, even though I'm not technically Canadian. But um... <laughs> I, I think you're, you're British, right? Yes, I was born and raised in Mexico. You'd be surprised. Oh. oh, okay. I thought you were British, but maybe I'm completely wrong. No, my, my parents are from England. Oh, okay. So, so you were <laughs> yeah. born and raised in Mexico, your parents are from England, and you live in Canada, and you're Canadian. Correct, sir. All yes, right. I've been here for about 12 years now. Okay. Uh, so back to the, the topic at hand. Um, battle companies, specifically White Scar Space Marines, are extremely good at not only switching their target priority status, but also throwing off your opponent's target priority. And the way they do that is, let's say you charge a unit of five Space Marines and you roll poorly so one survives. Uh, they usually pass their morale um, or get swept and then end they shit on the fear survive, and then they hit and run off. Now you're dealing with one objective secured model that can fulfill the role of a full squad still you know he can he can take an objective he can deny you an objective um he and it's usually the grav cannon guy that's alive so he can still shoot stuff to death if yeah if it's a grav cannon who just hit and ran out to a better position that's even worse because now you have a lethal objective secured model that can deny an objective and kill something that you have to deal with and if you if that can ruin your po your target your target priority a lot. Um, so when you're tactically prioritizing targets, it's important that if you want to use the lethal side and you want to just eliminate units, um, there are certain units that you have to put a lot more shots into just in case, just because this is a dice game. Uh, Necrons come to mind. A lot of games I've lost against Necrons were simply because I didn't follow through and kill like one unit of warriors because they're so difficult to kill. Either I got frustrated or 
Um, I just I didn't put enough shots into them. I didn't save enough shots to kill the warriors. Um, so it's a lot better in that case to just simply remove units. But you don't always want to do that. So, so that's that's something that durable units and units and can cause problems if you keep them alive throw off target priority completely. 100%, you know, and, and that comes down to A, personal experience, and B, sometimes, of course, you know, a little bit of the dice as well. But yeah. the, the, you, you can only control, like, that choice that you make to either go all in and, and hope for the best or, you know, play it safe and, and, and go for, like, other tactical priorities in-game. Yeah. See, that's why I don't really like shooting at units. Like, if I, if I could play a game where my opponent and me, we just don't shoot anything at all, and we just move models around the board and move block each other, kind of like Go, um, I would actually enjoy that game a little bit more. <laughs> um, just, just because I've, I've always had, like, pretty all right luck when it comes to actually killing things. Um, you right. Know, yeah, so well, that's just me. Well, that makes sense, you know, since you are a warp spider battle company playing fiend. Fiend, monster, you monster. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so, so we're going to move on into uh, list building and building your list to specifically. I, I think I, I would really like to, Scary, if, if you're if you're into the up to this, I'd really like to build a dark Eldar list um, where we focus on, you know tactics and uh target priority and what we'll do is uh we'll get a list from scary a dark elder list and we'll prioritize it and we'll target prioritize it and i mean we can have like a fun little meta game thing are you down yeah absolutely yeah no i, lo I love i love games this will be fun it'll be like a death match but um <laughs> my life won't be at stake okay so we'll do that right after this commercial break from the guys over at life after the cover save Yo, get off the computer. I need to check eBay. I got an auction ending soon. Wait, what are you doing on the computer? I'm just buying some minis online. Are you saving money? Nah, dude, saving clicks. Time is money, right? Hey, what the heck was that for? Dude, you gotta buy from Frontline Gaming. They offer savings on minis every single day. Whoa, that's better than saving clicks. With all that savings, I could take a few days off of work so I can paint these minis. Ow! You gotta stop that. It hurts. You know what hurts? Spending three weeks base coning models. Save yourself some pain and get them painted by Frontline Gaming's painting studio. You know what? You've got all the answers. That's why I'm glad you're my best friend. I don't know what I'd do without you. I could never hurt you. What are you looking up on eBay? I'm uh, selling a bunch of old models. Don't really use them anymore. Why aren't you going through Frontline Gaming's secondhand store? You can get money or store credit. I think you broke my nose. I don't like your tone, mister. So I'm just going to say this. Head over to FrontlineGaming.org for more details. Guys, and we're back. So, Skari went ahead and linked me over to a video on his YouTube channel. If you haven't checked out Skardcast, it's a great channel, especially if you're a Dark Eldar fan, because Skari is one of the guys... Gary and Lawrence Baker are the best Dark Eldar players that I know, hands down. Ah, so. thank you. You, you <laughs> flatter us, sir. You flatter us. Um, but so not not only if you're a Dark Eldar player, but if you want to check out his podcast and if you like what you hear from him on this in this podcast, 
uh, you can go and check out Scardcast uh, on YouTube, and also I believe you have a website as well. Um, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, um, Facebook, uh, Patron, YouTube. I'm, I'm on social media platforms okay. uh, where I do mostly content creation for Dark Eldar, yes. All right. So moving on to the video. So this is a 1,500-point Dark Eldar list. Uh, I've already kind yes. of seen it and already kind of analyzed the target priority. So we're going to talk about my list. Uh, I have a 1,500-point list actually with it's uh, a full battle company with just Grav and ten, like eight Razorbacks and two Devastator squads. I think that's the list. Uh, I don't have it. Up, I don't have it. Unfortunately, off the top of my head, I haven't played 1,500 points in forever. Um, but right. We're gonna look. I'm gonna look at this as a standard battle company list uh, from the perspective okay. of a standard battle company list. Uh, so, yeah. Scary, do you want to go ahead and give a quick rundown of the Dark Eldar list? Absolutely, since it is radio. Right? Yes. You know, they can't really see what we're talking about. Yeah. If wanna, <laughs> and if you guys want to, if you guys are more visual, um, you, there is actually, I will include a link to this video in the show notes. So if you get over to frontlinegaming.org, chapter tactics number 29, click on that, click on the video, and you can listen to Skari talk about the list. And he's actually got a, a little bit more insight into the list than, um, than, than what's like what you're hearing now. Um, but if you want to look at that and then check out the rest of his videos, go ahead and head over there. Right. Absolutely. Okay, so let's get started with the list. Um, so the list is a 1,500-point, what I would consider competitive, but it's not a point-and-click army. And what I mean by point-and-click is it's not what you would just normally see. So a lot of the choices might be something that make you scratch your head, but that's what it's designed to do. So uh, the army is, le uh, is a Dark Eldar Combined Arms Detachment, uh, with a Lamion as an HQ choice in a Venom. A very cheap HQ, um, just uh, to unlock the combined arms attachment. Then in the Elite slot, I have three Mandrakes. Because <laughs> I love Mandrakes. They're actually really, really useful, and they have been more effective in games than you might care to think. Um, I'm not kidding. They're fantastic. I believe and they. They always make people scratch their head. Mandrakes? This person must be a horrible Dark Eldar player. I love it. Uh, <laughs> um, then I have four units of Cabalite Warriors, two or five men in Venoms, and two of them a, are uh, in Raiders. And then I have, uh, for Fast Attack, a two three-man Reaver Jet Bike units with heavy weapons and cluster caltrops. And then I have five scourge with four heat lances. In the heavy support slot, I have two ravagers, each with three dark lances. And to round off the army, I'm running a grotesquery, which is a homunculus coven formation with three grotesques in each unit. They are riding in raiders, and I do have a homunculus who has um, a vexator mask and a flesh gauntlet, and that is 1,500 points. Now, for 1850, you know, you expand a little bit on the Reaver jet bike units, for example, or bring in a second combined arms attachment 
to maximize on the fast attack slots and bring in some more uh, Reaver Jet Bikes and or Scourge. But essentially, a basic Dark Elder army. Okay. So, looking at this army, I, I'm first off, I'm very, very confused. Um, but I've, I've talked to Lawrence, and I've seen Dark Elder artwork. we got a really good Dark Elder player here in San Diego who I play, pr play often. Uh, ben, Kiwi Ben from New Zealand. Um, so, I do know how deceptively lethal a lot of these units are. Uh, so when you're when you're looking at a list like this, I think the number one thing is is Venoms are good for a reason. And Lawrence Baker took Reaver Jet Bikes to almost made the top eight at the LVO with them. Uh, so Reaver Jet Bikes and Venoms, I think, are the most lethal priority models that I need to deal with. Uh, they're mobile, so they, they move, uh, they can kill things, they can kill Marines. Uh, so I definitely need to watch out for the Venoms. Um, moving in, killing squads of marines, uh, you know, their obsec, because you got the Kabbalite warriors, not the Lamian venom, uh, but the two obsec venoms are probably a little bit higher priority, because uh, they can turbo boost onto objectives. And on top of that, you have one, two, three, and do the grotesques have heavy weapons to kill rhinos? Uh, they're strength five. So they can, they can kill, like, they can multi-charge and maybe kill two rhinos, because they have, they have, like, three attacks on the charge. Uh, they have four attacks four on attacks the charge. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so, so they can probably kill, definitely kill one Rhino in close combat. Um, so... Actually, sorry, they have, I think they, no, they have more than that. They have, uh, three attacks base, two close combat weapons, plus charge. I believe they have five, five. each. And then they get Rampage as well if they're outnumbered. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, uh, that's actually deceptively brutal. Um, so, I, I would say that... When I'm looking at this list, I would definitely want to keep your army condensed. So I would want to put my army... I would not want to spread out my army just because if I start losing, you know, a one Rhino near an objective with a tactical squad to some of your really fast mobile units, then I won't... Then I, I can potentially lose the game because I don't have enough units covering objectives. Uh, so looking at your army, I definitely want to prioritize the Reavers... And the Venoms, I'd want to kill them outright if I can, especially the Venoms, Obsec, like I said, fast. Uh, but the beautiful thing about your army is things like Mandrakes and the Grotesques, they can be deceptively hard to kill. So if you infiltrate those Mandrakes onto objectives, and I'm busy shooting the kind of easy-to-kill Reaver Jet Bikes, uh, even though I think they get a 3-up or 2-up cover save when they jink. Yeah, 3-up, but if it's Night Fight, they get yeah. a 2-up. So, so... Uh, the, oh, I, I'm sorry. I'm trying to think about what I would do here. This is actually this actual list would actually give me a little bit of problems with the battle company, um, but bolters do kill your list, which which thank God it, for bolters. Um, so, target priority: venoms, obsec venoms first, reaver jet bike second, lamian venom, and then I have to stay away from your scourges and your ravagers, and then I ignore the I ignore the the um grotesquery but then you just flat out that into my face that's right yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i think i still killed obsec venoms what scary how did i do i, I then i just did i just give you man kill your magic when you do the game yeah <laughs> no you did you did well um you did definitely well it just it really depends on the mission of course oh, of course. uh you know that's and that you know that that comes down to it but in terms of priority um 
you know, I'm definitely going to be throwing those grotesques down into your face. And and the the venoms have range on you, except for the the uh, the the uh, ravagers. Uh, sorry, except for, um, heavy bolters, right? Now, I the reason I wouldn't target the venoms is because you're all mounted. Um, so since you're completely mounted up in transports, my my poison shooting does nothing to you while you're inside of a transport. Uh, so the tiger priority with the Reaver jet bikes, yes, you had that right. You need to knock those out or they will go around and knock out a bunch of rhinos thanks to the cluster caltrops. But your biggest priority in that case would be A, the Ravages, because they're the only thing that can kill your tanks at range. Yes. And uh, and then the, um, the, the Reaver jet bikes. And then, of course, the Scourge are going to deep strike in. You know, they'll, they're more likely than not um, run in and, and shoot something and like kill it if they don't mishap, right? But um, then the grotesquery is definitely your biggest priority. You have to stop it from moving, so you have to kill those those uh, raiders. Because by knocking out those raiders, you stop the strength five from getting into your face. Because uh, grotesques are very, very strong, and you should not underestimate them. Yeah, and at 1,500 points, actually you don't have a lot of access to special weapons um a, a, a battle company the way i like to run it with maxing razorbacks and maxing free transports that you get i can pretty much get like two grav cannons maybe four if i'm feeling really like i really want grav um and a, a command squad with special weapons in a drop pod and maybe like flamers spread out throughout my my tactical squads and that's pretty much it um so there's not a lot of so i really have to bolters have to do a lot of mileage here uh, now, can you deep strike Ravagers still? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, I think if you didn't deep strike, because I, I would, I would hope that you, I would hope that you wouldn't deep strike them, so my heavy bolters could get a shot at them, because uh, they're armor ten all around. Yeah. But uh, they're armor eleven. Oh, they're armor eleven. So then. Uh, yeah, eleven, eleven, ten. Yeah. So then I wouldn't have, uh, with the exception of like a Meltagun command squad, I actually wouldn't have a way to reach out and kill the Ravagers reliably. No. Um, so that might actually be a mistake to shoot at them, because uh, heavy bolters will tear up the the venoms pretty hard. Yeah, no, like you can you can kill the venoms and the raiders, but the venoms won't do anything to you until you disembark, right? So yeah, you know, you know that that's the only thing there, and the the cablite warriors can't do anything to your to your tanks either, really. Yeah, but their objective secured, Scary. Yeah, it just depends on the mission, right? That's true. So, so let's say we're playing Crusade. Right, right so, so multiple have, objectives. Yeah, multiple yeah. objectives. Um, you want to stop my mobility for OPSEC. That is, is key, 100%. And then you hope that your amount of bodies kind of like wins the day at the end against the grotesques. Now, you, you've probably played a lot of Battle Company as Dark Eldar. You've probably yeah. won a couple of those games, too. Uh, so what would you do against a battle company with this list? Well, I'd, A, I'd force you... First of all, I, 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 I would live with a philosophy that every single model in that army is going to die. It's just a matter of whether or not I can make it die at the moment and place that I need it to die. Okay. So I would essentially move to take objectives as quickly as possible, but more than likely against the battle company, I'd be reserving most of the Venoms anyway. Yeah. Yeah, would you deep strike the Ravagers? Uh, probably not. I'd okay. try and put them out. Of, I'd try and put them out of line of sight. 
and then um, and then force you to, to, to deal with them okay. while throwing the grotesques into your face to make you shoot at them. And then once they've disembarked, they start chopping stuff up in combat. Okay, so so when you're when you're playing a battle company, what would be your target priority in terms of because because with an army like a battle company, um, mm -hmm. it's really hard to target prioritize because there's so many units that do the same exact thing. Up, so you kind of have to group them together. Yeah, I, 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 I disagree. Actually, I feel that <laughs> against an army, against an army that has uh, the same unit over and over and over, it's a lot easier to target priority. Because if I'm playing crusade, I just kill the rhino closest to the objective. Ah, that makes sense. Actually, you know, I, I don't really have to think much. It's just they're all the exact same. It's just a matter of killing the one that's gonna hurt you the most okay so I, I guess i don't i don't play a lot of battle company maybe that's why i lose to battle company most of the time um, but that actually makes a lot of sense so so when you're playing an army like battle company where it's, it's very very similar and every unit has a kind of has a, a similar role what you're saying is is to look at tactically look at every single turn and prioritize units based off of where their locations are Exactly. And, and then it becomes a lot less in terms, like you have to make less choice in terms of placing a unit uh, or killing a unit because of its battlefield role in regards to your own unit. And then you're just playing a game of killing units um, in terms of movement or um, battlefield location, which, you know, from a tactical perspective, makes it a lot easier to play the game. Okay. It's a lot less brain power that you're doing trying to figure everything out. Uh, so, did you play at the LVO? Me? No, but I'm planning on going this year. Okay, cool. Uh, so, what about when you're... So, if we're moving away from Battle Company, um, what about an uh, army like Eldar? Uh, let's say a traditional 1,500-point Eldar list. With, you're playing Eldar, um, because your Dark Eldar list, it, it's designed to kill the Gatekeeper list. Like, this is a competitive list. This is a list that's meant to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with things like Riptide Wing, Wraith Knights, Warp Spiders, uh, Demon Summoning. Um, so how would, you, how would you deal with a traditional Eldar list with this list? Well, there's a variety of different, quote, traditional oh, right. Eldar lists. Um, uh, so I'll, I'll kind of put an example up against a game that I played against Diogo um, up here in Canada and, um, and his uh, 30 Warp Spiders and Wraith Knight. And with some scat bikes support, of course. And I played a, a list that was very similar to this list. Um, and what I did was I um, I um, moved. I moved. I spread out as as much as possible with the army itself, and I sent the grotesquerie straight for the wraith knight. And I got lucky with uh, lack of. Um, of uh, stomps on the Wraith Knight, but um, the grotesques cause instant death when they wound on a six. So um, right. having a high amount of wounds go through meant that I was able to kill the Wraith Knight with just straight up grotesque attacks. And then um, I was able to take the object. I got, I got pounded, like I didn't have much left at the end of the game, but using Reaver Jet Bikes and Turbo Boosting Venoms to force, just go onto every objective and then force him to push me off every single objective by the end of the game was kind of how I, I would, would play against that sort of list. Okay. Um, and then against traditional scat bike spam Eldar, I play a very null deploy style army. 
where um, I, I want you to go uh, first. I deploy minimal amount of units, and namely the grotesquery, because they, they, I won't get tabled if I deploy them. And then, um, and then wait for my reserve venoms to show up and, and stop popping units of, of reaver jet bike, I mean of uh, scat bikes with the venoms. Yeah, and the thing about Eldar when you're when you're looking at it, the, like the key to beating Eldar is actually just killing the scat bikes. Like it's it's that's almost always true. All the case, I I played lots of games against Eldar and. Every time I lost was because scat bikes won them the game. Every time I won was because I either killed scat bikes or they failed dangerous train tests and flew off the board. That actually happens yep. a lot. Um, so, so that's kind of how you deal with Eldar. Um, when you're looking at at Taudar and with Riptide wings, uh, it's actually it, Riptides are actually a lot harder to deal with in terms of from a target priority standpoint. Um, but I feel like the best way to deal with Riptide Wing, and this is coming from, I, I used Riptide Wing against uh, someone from Relentless D, a teammate, in a Masters League game. So this is a 2,000 point game. I had, a, and, and don't, please don't hate me for this list, it was a cheesy, filthy list. I had a Riptide Wing, uh, a Wolf Star with a Librarius Conclave, and an Inari Double D Cannon Wraith Knight with some Scat Bites. And that was the list. That that sounds that sounds horrible. It was it was awful, and he ran a traditional uh, Iron Hands Death Star Battle Company list, um, and we both looked at our list when we sat down. And he said, "You're gonna win this game," and I said, "You know what? I, I feel pretty good about my chances uh, because his Death Star could not really go toe to toe with mine. I had Opsec in my Death Star, um, in the in the form of this is unlimited detachments. So so uh, all all I did was actually I didn't have Opsec in my Death Star." I did not. That that was actually I couldn't run obsec. But anyways, um, so uh, basically, I it was relic. It was the the relic mission. So all I needed to do was park my wolf star on the middle relic of the board. He didn't really have a whole lot of shooting to whittle down the wolves, especially because they had they were um, shrouded and there was a big piece of terrain in the center. So they were almost yeah. guaranteed to prevent shooting. Uh, and then of course the wraith knight could kill like four units a turn, especially if it's an Ari wraith knight could like run over to rhino kill it and then that triggers two more d shots that shoot at two more rhinos uh, so I, I had everything you know kind of set up for me um but what happened was was i moved my wraith knight a little too close and he target prioritized prioritized it and shot everything into it he shot bolters uh las cannons because he had a couple las cannons floating around um he threw a random crack grenade from a squad that i killed the rhino out of and it got pinned and he rolled a six and then he wounded with a six and then I failed my armor save and I feel no pain. It was really funny. But he, he knew that that Wraith Knight was the key to to me winning the game. And then I lost through inexperience with a Riptide Wing. Um, because I didn't... When, when using a Riptide Wing, you can't you don't get the Ballistic Skill bonus from shooting twice. So you, don't, so you have to keep that in mind. And you also, when you shoot a Riptide, you have to immediately shoot it again. Yeah. So you can't like shoot a riptide, go boo one riptide, and do that, um, and that's that's when you ripple fire. Uh, so so I was already just inexperienced, and I had just target prioritized wrong. Like I, I didn't kill rhinos that I should have killed. Um, I, I put a little too. I put shots into his Death Star, which I I shouldn't have done. Period. Um, and he played. He outplayed me. He flat out outplayed me. He let my Death Star sit in the middle. Um, carved up my riptide wing, threw distraction units to kind of like faked going to the relic to contest yep. or to like help contest it my wolf star like charged them and then just it was it was one of the worst 
games of target priority I'd ever played. I just didn't. I just kept killing the wrong rhinos. Um, so that's something when you're playing against a Riptide Wing in those Gatekeeper armies because they're so popular. Uh, you want to take advantage of giving your opponent too many targets to prioritize, and that's pretty much it. Riptide Wings actually have a hard, pro a huge problem with fully killing units um, because people like to run them with the um, heavy burst cannon, which deceptively doesn't kill a whole lot. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, yeah, the iron cannon is definitely scarier and has longer range. That is true. The iron cannon, I think, it's seventy-two inch range. Yeah, um, yeah. There's but, no hiding from that one. No, no. I don't really like it though because because it's only three shots, uh, and the nova charge isn't as good. But I found that nova charging riptides, you almost want to nova charge them to invuln save or to get the forty-six jet jet move. Assault Either that or, or double shoot the, the, um, the SMS. Double shoot the SMS is usually the most common one. Yeah. Uh, so moving on to Chaos Demons, how would Chaos Demons are a lot different than Eldar. Um, in the sense that they create more units to prioritize and cause more problems for you. Uh, yeah. so have you ever played any against any Chaos Demons with a list like this? Uh, yes, yeah, I I've played against Dan Platt a few times. Oh, that's a that's a match. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, definitely been a good match. You know, I, I have yet to win a match against Dan Platt um, with lists similar to this. Um, but a list very similar to this, actually. I went up against uh, him. He had a, um, a Fatey, uh, Fate Weaver, Bellacor, um, like Monster Mash list. Okay. From, uh, you know, back in the day um, uh, before Magnus. And it was the grotesqueries that the grotesques that almost won me the day, um, rolling uh, uh, an instant death against a invisibility um, uh, bloodthirster that would have completely changed the game. But he he thankfully made his uh, invulnerable save and didn't go down, and that was the game, <laughs> essentially. <Wow>. Yeah. <laughs> so from there, everything just kind of went down <laughs> real quick. So, so what happened was, was you just got into combat with that bloodthirster. He won the combat by killing all your grotesques. And then with his D, you. with his D, yeah. No, it was, it, you know, of course, there's more than that, you know, in terms of like, you know, good target priority on his part and shooting the venoms and killing the things he needed to kill. But um, in terms of being able to have local superiority for the mission at hand, not killing that bloodthirster kind of sealed it for me. Okay. Wow. Uh, do you think you would have done anything differently? Uh, in terms of target priority? Yeah. Um, there was... Um, um, I, I, it was a while ago. I do not remember. Uh, but I did, okay. I, did play, I did play against Dan recently running a uh, mostly Inari uh, Dark Eldar force. Uh, using some harlequins and things like that and uh that one came down to i believe a single uh, not being able to kill a unit of brimstones fast enough with all my strength six shooting yeah <laughs> so um yeah it's all good but it was good it's a great game i i'm i cannot wait for the day that we meet again and uh and i beat him more soundly well i think i think you definitely have the potential to uh i've never I've never had the pleasure of playing Dan Platt, or um, actually, I don't think I've any, uh, other than no, I've I've never played Matt Root or Brett Perkins. I was on their team, but I haven't actually gotten the pleasure of playing someone, who, who you know, who's made the top eight at Delvio. Um, so I that would be really fun. But 
it sounds like like things with like Magnus, and that's really we. It's actually something we brushed over and we didn't talk about completely in target priority. Um, but you can actually target prioritize per phase, um, and Magnus kind of adds a new element to it. So like a a model like Magnus who can who can kill things with psychic shooting and assault, and he can summon things to deal with other things. He can actually solve a lot of your problems in terms of a target priority thing. Uh, so if you have a unit like him who can deal with multiple different target priority threats. Uh, for example, you D-beam like a Rhino on an objective. So that Rhino's dead. So boom, one Magnus, get rid of that. Summon Brimstones, or uh, I guess you can't summon Brimstones. Summon like Demonettes uh, onto an objective where they would run and then block your opponent from scoring that objective. You can do that. And then on top of that, you can charge something and kill it. You know, because he's Magnus, because he's big and scary. And it's one of the reasons I feel Demons are such a good high-level competitive um, l tournament list is because of the uh, their ability to to change up your opponent's target priority on the fly, but also to adapt your own target priority and your own like threats that you have available. Right. Um, as the as the game dictates. Yeah, that's that's true, and they're also active in all four phases of the game. They 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 have really good movement. Um, you know, they can even like vector strike you in the movement phase. So they can actually even hurt you a little bit in the movement phase. They have the ability to do that. Um, they obviously they're very lethal in the psychic phase. They have access to really good shooting, like things in like the form of the chariots. Uh, the chariots, the burning chariots, as each come to mind, is probably the most prominent. Um, and then yeah. obviously with like death stars, screamer stars, uh, blood crushers, demonettes. They're they're really prevalent in the assault phase as well. Hundred uh, percent. So yeah, and so when you're dealing with units with forces like demons, why they're actually so good, and why I feel like some of the top players who run demons, those those are some of the scariest people to play up to be up against at a tournament. Um, people like Nick Nanavati with playing demons, or Brett Perkins playing demons, uh, those are some of the toughest matchups you would ever face in a game of 40k period, uh, because those players have mastered the ability to target, prioritize, and create basically problems for your opponent from a target priority standpoint. Uh, so the way you beat that is you kill the things that give them flexibility, and then you let bad luck take them. That's how I beat them. Bad luck? Yeah, <laughs> just just pray and hope for the luck, eh? Is that yeah. kind of how it works? Yep, that's, that's it. <laughs> so you've heard it here on Chapter Tactics. Um, target priority is pray. Pray. Make sure that your opponent's dice rolls don't go well, Against and you will demons. win. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> but, but seriously, um, with, with demons, they kind of add a new element to target priority in the sense that you you might be able to kill like the most lethal demons or um, the demons who are more li most likely to score objectives. Um, yeah. But there are other demons, things like uh, not not Fate Weaver, but like like Pink Horrors. Pink Horrors can summon more units which in turn kind of threaten other things. Um, so I think when you're playing demons, you want to kill units that, take, that, that lower your opponent's flexibility and their effectiveness. So things that can summon. Um, if they have a herald that can summon, kill, try and kill that herald. Uh, you obviously you want to kill the Grimoire herald. That's something you always want to do. Uh, but it, it's less about killing units that can kill you back and score objectives, and more about killing the units that they took in their army to make them to make their army tick. Whereas, like, exactly. Yeah. And we, we were talking about that's like the, the 
the tact, right? Like the um, the tech. Yes. Yeah. That, exactly. Yeah. You kill their tech. You 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 kill the things like uh, the independent character that they stick inside the drone squad to give uh, like a special druff buff if they're running like a yeah. psychic list uh, plague drones star. Right. Yeah. The demon demons are, are unique in the sense that they have access to multiple different little tiny tools. Um, and so you kind of have to prioritize those a little. So if you kill those, like a lot of times, if you like, for example, if I kill fate weaver, th that peril, those, uh, this warp storm table might start actually hurting them. Right. Or they don't get like that fate weaver reroll, um, which means they might perils and they might start putting more wounds on other characters that I need to kill. And so it becomes more of a game of attrition if I kill those key units because it makes their army overall less um, less not not effective, less consistent. Yeah, hundred percent. Now, uh, while we're on this topic, I think it'd be a good chance for us to touch on target priority of opportunity. Okay. Um, so essentially, you know, target priority, you know, we've talked about different aspects of, of target priority in and out the game and psychologically as well as like practically. And I think that we've, that we've really kind of like really had a, a diverse, like integrated approach to what it means and how to apply it in game. Uh -huh. But one of the, one of the things that you should be, uh, well aware of or not afraid to do is is to have a tactical priority of opportunity when the opponent has something happen to them that they're not expecting. For example, having like Fate Weaver or Magnus grounded all of a sudden, or um, the the Grimoire doesn't work all of a sudden, or that key invisibility doesn't get cast. Yeah, that's that's actually important to know. Um... It, it is, it is always really, it's always smart to stay tactically flexible, right? In case things like that happen, um, and I'm sure everyone's had something like that happen. Maybe they've had a flyer get grounded uh, by marker lights if you played sixth edition. Um, it's yeah, yeah. All the time, um, and then all of a sudden, like that flyer, uh, you can shoot it normally, and you might be able to kill it. And it could have been completely off your radar before. You could have been like, well, I have nothing to kill that flyer. I'm just gonna ignore it. Um, so on the flip side of that, when things like that happen, things of opportunity like that happen, it's important to take us a minute to think about the implications of that happening. If Fate Weaver's grounded now, should you switch your strategy around and kill him? Is he that important? Will will that will that affect the game in the long run and let you win the game? Or is it something that's not worth investing in because your plan was already tactically sound before the game exactly and is it just going to be a distraction con effects right right and and i can't i can't tell you how many times uh, i've like i've uh seen like a unit like for example i, I play against james carmona a lot who runs the, a chaos space ring cabal uh, uh, james has as he historically has bad luck it, it, it like the worst possible times like he's not always he doesn't always have bad luck he's not an unlucky player per se but he some reason he always like something always really bad happens to him in like a critical moment. Um, right. So sometimes he'll like fail invisibility or fails grimoire. Um, but he's got so many contingency plans backed into his death star, uh, things like endurance, uh, and the grimoire and invisibility. And they're, they're all like in terrain. So they have a four up save like in ruins or something. Right. So a lot of times like he'll, he'll fail a grimoire and then kind of bait me into shooting his death star. Anyways, he'll make it like a big deal 
he'll be like, ah, he'll get a little salty. And so I'll shoot at his Death Star and maybe kill like three more, four more dogs than I expected. And then like halfway through to shooting my Death Star, I realize like, oh, I, I didn't, I didn't need to shoot at his Death Star at all. Now it's going to kill me. And now I lose. Right. Sometimes. Um, but, but yeah, it is, it's, it's very important to, to think about, uh, when when like 40k games throw you a curveball to sit back and think about what you're going to do and that's why target prioritizing you know between phases or between turns is is always really important why you always want to kind of shift it around yeah um and then of course i i i don't run monstrous creatures but i've seen this happen a lot sometimes like a unit like magnus will get grounded and then he'll just charge something and and he, he becomes like an extra threat I've seen that happen too. That's pretty pretty funny. Well, you know, he's not de- he's definitely not to be underestimated. No, not at all. No, um, but yeah, man. Uh, so, are there any armies that give you a hard time? Uh, n- not just with the Stark Eldar army, but when you're playing, are there any armies that give you a hard time with target prioritization? Um, not not target prioritization. Uh, mostly um, just like movement or. Uh, or like mission objectives, um, but the the my hardest matchup is definitely Tau. Whenever I play Dark Eldar, right? Because a good Tau player with with good shooting and good target prioritization can pretty much beat a lot of people. I think it's a lot of people. A lot of people don't like playing Tau um, because they have they have they're so good at reaching out and removing options from you in the form of shooting and killing things. Uh, that it can kind of feel daunting playing Tau, right? Yeah, the just playing Tau, they they just have a lot of answers to every like the tactical gameplay that that the Dark Elder have in general. Mm. So you know, especially with like ignoring cover and ignoring line of sight, mostly the smart missile systems. Like everything else is is usually fine. The smart missile systems just really push. Dark, uh, Tau over the edge, in my opinion, against uh, Dark Elder. Hmm. So, how do you how do you usually deal with them? Do you just stay out of the thirty inch range? Or? Um, no, no, I I usually reserve everything and deep strike everything. I see. And then just force them to intercept you, or um, or then get just everything in their face. Um, yeah. So, it's uh, yeah, it's it's fun. The, the, yeah, <laughs> fun. Someone, you heard it your first, guys. Uh, Dark Eldar player playing Tau is fun. Yeah, I, I just like the challenge, you know. So yeah, and that and that's what kind of why a lot of people like to play armies like Dark Eldar, like orcs, like Harlequins, um, because it is a little bit more challenging to play them. Um, and in the case of orcs and Dark Eldar, they have a lot of tools to deal with armies like that. Um, but you know, it, it's not. It's they're just not as apparent. Um, exactly it's definitely not like a point and click or you know you're not it's not it doesn't it doesn't just pop out at you it, one thing i actually like about tau and a lot of people hate on tau um which is i and usually like especially with the interceptor uh space marine players who have to worry about you know they have drop pods and they have to worry about tau intercept uh or dark eldar deep striking etc etc um well there's what you can actually get through tau by forcing your opponent to prioritize targets in your benefit. Um, for example, if you drop Space Marines down uh, on a unit of Riptides, right? They have ion cannons. You could actually, and this is just a, a small 
example, it's just like like in a vacuum. Um, but you, if you drop your Space Marines down, so they're threatening the Riptides, but you drop them behind your drop pod, you have a cover save now. So you, you're forcing your opponent to shoot at a disadvantage that you wouldn't normally have. Whereas if he didn't shoot the Space Marines, he could move his Riptides around the drop pod and shoot you so you don't have a cover save. Or he can shoot you with marker lights first and then take away your cover save and then blast your Marine squad out of the way. Um, so it, it's important to to seize opportunities like that and force your opponent into negative or, or um, disadvantageous tactical opportunities. Exactly. You know, anything to mess with his own target priority. Yeah. So... I think that's pretty much it, Scary. I think did we cover everything about target priority? I think we went in, in depth, you know, and I really hope uh, everybody listening took something from our conversation. You know, make sure they leave a comment. Uh, leave a comment down below in the description. Um, rate the show on iTunes to help it to help it grow, um, and uh, and really kind of start that discussion on the importance of tactical priority and how you've used it to your benefit and or detriment in game. Uh, yeah. Um, head on over to frontlinegaming.org if you would like to join the discussion, so to speak. I had one guy comment um, and said that he was conversing with me while he was in the kitchen uh, cooking and his wife asked him what he was, who he was talking to. Um, so if you're one of those guys and you would like to turn that into some comments on frontlinegaming.org, that would be fun. Um, you can also email me if you have any more questions about target priority. I know this episode was a little bit more rambly. Uh, I really just wanted to bring Scary on because he's an intelligent guy. He knows the game of 40K, and target priority is, is something that you need to talk to and just kind of like go over with someone who knows what they're talking about um, because it's not a clear-cut this is what you need to do to master this technique in 40k. It's not like the movement phase where everything's a little more cut and gridded and, and you know like this movement, th this move, this unit moves this many inches, your opponent has this much shooting range, etc, etc. Um, it's a little less formulaic. Uh, so if you got anything and you have any more questions about target priority, you can email me at FrontlineGamingPDPAB, that's P-E-T-E-Y P-A-B, that's how you spell PDPAB, at gmail.com. Uh, or I'm sure if you want to reach out to Scary and you have some interesting Dark Eldar, uh, you have some interesting Dark Eldar questions, or just questions in general, uh, Scary, what's the best way to reach you? So the best way is to go over to the YouTube channel, S-K-A-R-E-D-C-A-S-T, Scardcast. Um, for everything from battle reports to tactical videos to hobby videos. Um, and you can either message me, comment, like, share, that sort of thing too. Okay, guys. Thanks very much for listening. Scary, thanks for coming on, man. Uh, it's a real pleasure having you. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it, Pablo. Uh, uh, you have the same last name as me. I'm Rizvan Martinez is my name. And, and I'm Pablo Martinez. So uh, that's right, buddy. Uh, so that kinship is right there. <laughs> and uh and i hey this was this was a blast i'm glad to finally be on the podcast nice all right guys you guys have a good one see you later